I need to go home. I need to go home right now. I just need to, I really need to go home. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I can really make it anymore. Like, I just really need to go, you know, like, I just really want to get out of here. You know, I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm just tired, you know, I just really want to go to bed. I mean, I've been up since like 5.30 in the morning and then I exercise a lot and then I'm to the school and then I was at the school until like 4.30 and then, you know, it's like, oh, I just got like a little bit of nap after that, but then they wanted to go to dinner. They want to get like aperitifs or something around like 6 or 6.30 and then they want to have dinner and dinner lasts like three hours because it's Europe and then now we're just drinking and it's just been so late and I'm tired. AFI Backstage Stories Hello and welcome back to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Today is a beautiful, beautiful, hot, sunny day in Munich, Germany. I'm your host, Jordan Prince, and fortunately or unfortunately for those who favor the bold, Moritz Batscheider is again not with us this week. Uh, For me, it's very unfortunate because I do love having my buddy here with me. I'm doing another episode here from home. As fate would have it, we have very complicated schedules. We're busy boys, mom and dad. We have real boy jobs now. And uh, you have to excuse, I I have a little bit of a rattle in my throat. Hope that doesn't bother too many people. But lots to talk about today. Lots to get into. Um, I was also, I was just thinking about this this new app. Um, Actually, let me just start that topic with the story because I think it's interesting how things overlap. Uh, Basically, I have a friend named Ben and Ben is an American from New Orleans and he also lives in Germany now. And I was just thinking, actually, I should try and get him on the show because he is, by definition, a very artsy-fartsy immigrant. Um, He's an extremely talented illustrator and animator and video editor and Oh, the list goes on. This guy's a genius. And uh, to top it all off, he's very friendly. And he uh, is working in Hamburg with his beautiful wife. And they have, um, uh, oh no, no, what I want to say. He's, he's working on this project um, with a few people who I think are also based in America. Um, let me back up. Sorry. So Ben is working on a music video for me. Um, as, as we've talked about a lot on the show, we released, um, um, the first single from this new album, the Crooked Rail back in May. And, um, I've made a potential date for the next single release with the label. And the cool thing is the release date is going to be November 13th. And that is the day before my birthday. And it will be my 30th birthday. So I'll have a brand new song out the day before I turn 30. It's going to be quite a reason to celebrate. My birthday is on a Saturday this year, so I'm going to go wild. Um, And long story short, we made the plan for this new video and the particular song that we're going to be releasing in November is kind of funny, kind of trippy rock. I wouldn't say psychedelic, but it's definitely like a punchy, fun, silly goose kind of song. And I what I really wanted to, was to use Ben's talents on this video because I am really interested in working with animation and illustration. I haven't done that with any of the previous videos. Um, for those who have seen my previous stuff, I really like to 
work on the, I don't know, the darker side of, of people's thought processes. I like when things go a bit too far. I wouldn't say that any of my videos by far are like risky or, 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 you know, savage or anything like that at all. They're really, they can, they come off really cute actually, but you know, the crooked rail, you know, tries to envision, you know, people's fake personalities and shows the depression behind what you see on social media. And, uh, you know, sophomore year is kind of, you know, low key about a stalker and, um, a woman, Oh, you have to see woman for yourself. But I, I also, I really like how, how kind of dark woman is. And anyway, I've just never had the chance to use uh, animation before, except for one of the first videos. I think the first real music video that I ever did was in New Orleans. And Ben was also a part of this video. Um, it was for my song, Fresh Ground. And which is crazy because after six years, that's still the like I think the most streamed song that I have ever had on Spotify. I think that I think the most streamed is probably the parade parade. But yeah, the first fresh ground from that first record, I think is is like number two, which is funny. I guess it got on some some good playlists, but um anyway. So he worked on the video for that song and he's, he's incredible. The, the, that's, you know, this fever dream of, of like escapism. And it's, you know, my friend Cody said it to me recently. It's kind of like how a kid, he sees it as like kind of how a kid would imagine escaping, like the places where the character's mind goes to as he's, you know, bopping around in these weird, funny worlds. He goes to outer space. He's in like a spaceship prison. He's like, underwater swimming with these crazy fish and floating around and um and he, at some point he flashes back to being a kid and he's you know soaring with on this wagon that that no one's pulling and it's it's very cool it's very cool and I'm really happy with that video especially the fact that we did that uh on a shoestring budget with um just a few very dedicated and uh, passionate film students so check out that video if you have not seen it and Ben worked on that video, and since that video, I haven't done anything with animation or illustration. And now that we have this new one, this punchy, silly one again, and the fact that Ben is living in Germany, just like me, we're on the same time frame again, I thought, man, you know, I really would like to work with him again. So we have set up a storyboard for the new song, and I don't want to say too much about it, and there, to be honest, there isn't really too much to actually say if I wanted to. It's very fresh and very new and we're just um, getting the ideas locked in place. But I am very excited for this video. And I'm excited to work with Ben again. And if he's listening, hi Ben, this is your free endorsement. <laughs> and uh, he's a good buddy and a very talented guy. And uh, I think you're really all going to love what he does for this video. And the reason I brought all this up, the reason I brought up uh, ben and the reason I brought up the video and everything other than just to inform you was because of this. So Ben was working previously on another project and he was telling me about somebody that he did a project for who yada, 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 this person, that person, whatever. It led him to this this new social media app called Vero, V-E-R-O, God, V-E-R-O. And um, I checked it out today for the first time. And I noticed already that we had some artsy-fartsy immigrants on there already. We had Basti, uh, Sebastian Bolenius, and we had our, our very own beloved Moritz Batscheider 
was already on this app as well. So I was very shocked. It's um, cause I, th- I thought it was brand new. Um, and it was so cool to see people that I had already known before. Um, so I made an account on there today on Vero. I don't know if, if anyone here in Germany, if it's really catching on so much. I mean, it's, I don't know if this sounds obvious to you, but I really don't know anything about it. <laughs> so maybe it's been around for years and it's really popping and I'm just late to the party. Um, but luckily, luckily the username, uh, at Jordan Prince was not taken and I'm so thankful for that. So I grabbed that today and I'm on there now at Jordan Prince. Um, if you want to follow me on there, um, and the cool thing about it is you, there's all these great policies and devices for how you want to manage your own safety and how you want to manage your own privacy. And I think that's really something that people are, are trying to, um, advance themselves on these days. Uh, you know, like post Snowden, I think a lot of people are really uncomfortable with how much the government pays attention to everything you're doing. So I think, um, apps like this where you can really protect yourself and protect your identity and stuff is going to catch on. I mean, that's personally why I think a lot of people have migrated from WhatsApp to Telegram or there was another one. Let me look at my phone really quick. There was another really good privacy app people were using. Well, there's Threema, uh, Threema and Signal. I think Signal is the other one too. If you're looking for a very encrypted private texting um, telegram signal threema. Yeah. So, you know, I've, you know, telegram tells you every time someone in your contact list has just joined, um, the messaging service. So it's, I mean, almost every day or it's definitely a few times a week, there's always some buzz on my phone of someone that I know who has just joined telegram. Um, and for those who don't really know what I'm talking about, telegram is, is a version of WhatsApp or it's a version of iMessaging or Facebook Messenger. It's just a messaging service, but it's very, um, it's supposed to be at least very highly encrypted, um, and very safe to use. You know, and for years, that's also how I thought about WhatsApp. And I'm, I'm sure WhatsApp is still okay, but the reason I don't trust it is because it's, it's owned by Facebook. The same reason why, you know, I don't want to be hypocritical because I, I do use Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and they're all owned by Facebook. So, you know, they definitely have from me whatever information they want to sell me exactly the ads that they want to sell me. Um, I can't say like, don't use them. You're, you're not safe. You're not protected because I use it. I mean, some people just, you know, there's not much you can really do about it. But for, for private messaging, um, if you're really just trying to stay a little bit as close as you can, just a little bit further off of that watch list, I think apps like Signal and Threema and Telegram are trying to protect you a bit more. So, um, I also have Telegram and, um, I think Vero is basically a social media app that's trying to tap into that market a little bit, just to give you a bit more of this comfortable feeling, a bit more of this safe feeling, a little more of this, um, you know, big brother really isn't watching you so much here, but then again, I don't know what, what company owns this app or, you know, who funded it or anything about it. Um, but I just brought it up because it looks really great. It's got a great layout. It's very user-friendly. Um, was surprised to see some of my friends on there already. And, um, yeah, if you're a fan of it and you want to use it, go on there and, um, I'm going to give you someone you should follow here. Obviously, without a, without a doubt, you should follow at Jordan Prince. 
but you should also follow, make sure I get his username right, at B, the letter A, B, Sams, B, Sams. Ben is my friend, Ben, B, B, Ben, Ben, Sams, B, Sams, at B, Sams. Not A, not C, but B, Sams. Um, yeah, so that was basically the whole the whole point of that story was just to bring up this this app and it's really interesting and uh, I think I'm gonna enjoy playing around with it a little bit. It has a really nice like really nice user face. Sometimes I get a little bit burned out with things like Instagram, um, but as you know, I'm a very big fan of TikTok, which is funny. I realize more and more each day that people who use this is going to sound a little nerdy for people who aren't so well versed in. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm well-versed in it, but for those, the general public who may or may not be more or less well-versed in like social media apps and like things like that. Um, this is just for the nerds for a second, but it is funny how much I realize more and more how people who use Reddit, who are like real Redditors, really hate TikTok. And I think I'm not Reddit-ish enough to get that. I don't really understand why. I like both very much. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm on Reddit a lot daily and on TikTok daily and on Instagram daily. So they've got me. They've got me hooked. I, I, I like all three and I have no no qualms with either of these programs. Um, the, my only wish is that I may maybe didn't find them because I'm so hooked on them. But I don't see any um, I don't see any long term damages here. Maybe just um, a little more of my day wasted than I would like. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. It's what I enjoy doing. Some people like to fish. I like to cruise around on the TikTok. So, you know. What are you going to do? <clears throat> yeah, so, got some big things happening this week. This is probably one of my busiest weeks I've had in a long time. And the good thing is it's busy, and it's not just busy because of having a day job that fills the other seven hours of the day. Uh, if you heard the last episode, you do know now that I am a free man. I finished my last day of this school job on Friday. Now, in general, it's a holiday, so you know, everyone's not, nobody is in school right now. I almost said everyone is not in school. Nobody is in school. So it would feel the same way probably, but I don't have this thought in my head of like, okay, I better cram in everything that I want to do and everything that I want to try and work on until September 1st or September 2nd, because you know, oh my gosh, I've got to get everything ready so I can have free time again. Now I just think like, oh man, I'm free. Like I did it. I'm done. Uh, yeah, I talked about it on, on the last episode already, but I I haven't had that feeling maybe ever. I mean, I've had some moments where I thought like, oh, I don't have to work. Maybe I can just not get a day job. That would be so great. I, I had this like fleeting thought before the school job, after my last job, because there was like a gap where I was paid I think I was paid and I had health insurance for like one more month because of the way we settled the contract. And I just didn't, I was just kind of hoping like, oh, maybe this is my chance, but I didn't have anything lined up. I had no prospects. I knew what I wanted to do with my own music, but of course, you know, what does that do? It's like saying, I want to paint my walls. It doesn't really, it costs you more money than it makes you. 
So I thought, oh man, all right. And then finally now, as a lot of you guys know, there's this kind of a big chance. And I know that you're going to hear this on Thursday, so I'm going to be finding out the information um, tomorrow, which will be, I'm recording this on Monday, so you're going to hear this. I, I will already know the decision by the time you hear this, um, most likely. And yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm also very excited. For those who maybe didn't hear it or aren't really sure what I'm talking about, I'll just brief it a little bit because I actually can't say too much about it, especially to the general public, because it's probably um, an idea that's kind of protected by some agency. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sound, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to step on toes. Anyway, my hands, if you, you can't see me, but my both my hands are up in the air, palms open, Shrug position, fingers wide. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to step on toes. Anyway, the basic idea is that I, I have the, the, uh, I have the opportunity, um, have a chance to work on a, you know, potentially successful because the, I think, um, parentheses here, I think the idea will would sell very well in this country. Um, based on what they want to tell the story about and what elements I can bring to it that I think are really cool. Um, I would have the opportunity to work on a television show, which would mean that after <clears throat> after 15 years of day jobs, because I'm going to be 30 this year, and my first job was at 15, after all that time, I can finally work in the industry and in the field that I love which just sounds so crazy to me and who would ever thought that I would have that opportunity in Germany which is so wild too but who knows what doors this will later open you know I'm 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 a millennial and I think everything starts a bit later and it's always a bit more complicated and maybe this is just the beginning of something great and I'm so hopeful for it I'm so so excited about it and I just don't want to jinx it but there's just this chance to work on a cool TV show um, alongside my wife as well. And we would have different roles and, you know, it would just be so exciting. And the cool thing would be that, again, I can't say specifically yet what it is, but I would be able to do something with the music for this show, which is like a dream. You know, I studied film and I have had all these years of, of working with different composers and different styles of musicians and all this, you know, training and stuff in New Orleans and, I'll just maybe finally have the chance to use that somewhere. So I'm very thankful to to even have the opportunity. There's plenty of people to thank for that, and I have done so. And otherwise, that's where I am with this. I'm going to find out tomorrow, and by the time you hear this, I will already know if the next step is moving on or not. Basically, right now is the preparation and research stage. And then, yeah, we're going to find out. So I'm very excited about that. And the crazy thing is, so we have this big meeting tomorrow that will basically shape the you know the next year or not, essentially. And on top of that, our very own beloved artsy-fartsy immigrant, Sebastian Bolinios, is doing a TV show for Portugal television. And for the Germans listening... Um, I've been told the channel that he's doing it for 
is equivalent to the Arte, A-R-T-E channel in Germany, Arte. Um, so, you know, very good taste, cool content, educational, slick. I like Arte. It's good stuff. And he's been hired to do this show where he follows, I think it's three different people solving three different problems. Um, essentially, like people are given a problem within their industry that's very specific and kind of kind of odd. And then they have to think of interesting ways to, you know, either say they either either solve it or try and discover like the meaning behind it and the story behind it and make it interesting and potentially have some cool experiments with the with the problem. And he selected me for one of the episodes and he auditioned me on a video conference for them. And thankfully they said yes. And um, I think there's going to be, I think it's going to stay in English, but there's going to be subtitles in Portuguese. I'm not so sure about that part. Yeah. But basically, um, you know, we have this big meeting tomorrow for this other show and Basti's going to come to Munich and film our sections of this show in the same week. So that's already so much to put on there, but it's, it's already really cool to think like, um, I'm lucky enough to be the protagonist for this, um, for this some Portuguese TV show. I mean, I've never imagined something like that before. And that's really, really cool exposure. And, um, I, I love Portugal. I've, I've been only to Lisbon and, some beach town a little more south i think i don't know i'm not so great with maps and i'm not so great with memories i can just see the pictures and and go like oh wow i was there i think i was there um yeah so south east west not totally sure i'm gonna go ahead and apologize to busty and Gee if they hear this that i don't remember where we were cha-cha but He's going to fly over and we're going to shoot this television show for, for, for Portugal. It's crazy. And, uh, I guess there's going to be a link online and then, you know, I can share that with, with you listeners and, uh, people who follow me on, on Instagram and other platforms, basically <laughs> on Vero, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stream my, my Portuguese television debut, uh, strictly on Vero. Yeah. He's going to come by and we're going to. We're going to, um, it's really cool. The The problem is basically um, <clears throat> diving into what an earworm is, like why an earworm exists and what songs create earworms for you and why they stick in your head. And, you know, is it something your brain is doing at a certain moment? Is it because you're relaxed? Is it because you're doing a mindless task? What about songwriting structure or analysis or theory can explain why the patterns in these very catchy songs are the simplest kind. You know, there's a lot of science behind like the notes of the songs and how they, how they move in scale being something that can trigger, um, you know, it's more about, it's more in Western music. It's more about this pop melody structure. I'm sounding like I have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but it is very interesting and it's a very real science. And the reason why, these songs get stuck in your head is, is not even like a totally proven science. It's something that's be, it's being studied all the time. And, um, <clears throat> there's a few different solutions for, for how people claim you can solve the issue of having a song stuck in your head, because sometimes you get some song you hate and it just stays trapped 
in your ears for days. And just because I'm going to put all of you guys into misery, I want you to think of the song Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier. And if you don't know by the title, this was such an enormous hit song maybe like seven years ago. And I I can't get this song out of my head. And I don't even listen to it. I've, ne- I've never even put it on. It was just on all the time in the cars. But I haven't heard it actively in so long. And now it's in my head. And I hope it gets you in, in your head too. So you're welcome. And the only way that you're going to solve it is by watching the show. <laughs> We're going to, I think it's going to be done already by end of August or September. It's really fast. And uh, we're going to practice solutions. We're going to talk with some different composers. We're all going to make some interesting melodies to try and replace earworms. And yeah, I don't want to spoil it. It'll be a very, very cool project with a lot of information and and humor and um, a lot of style because it's Sebastian Bolaños. So it's going to be naturally, it's going to be very sexy and smooth and very fun. So um, I hope that song gets stuck in your head and then you can watch the show and you can hopefully hopefully cure it. <laughs> and that is not even the whole picture, if you can believe it. That's not even the whole story. The story doesn't even end there, guys. We have a big meeting tomorrow for this TV show. We have a good friend, Basti, flying over to Munich to shoot another television show. And then, at the end of this week, on Friday, I am riding in a car with a very talented guitarist from Munich down, down, down to the mountains near Oberstdorf, Germany. Not quite in the village, but up in a cabin hidden in the crevices of a mountaintop that oversees the entire village. And in this little cabin, with one of my best friends, Tim Hecking, very talented guitarist, and a guy we call Pip, and a guy we call Flory, and an older, crazy gentleman that we're going to call Sep. We gentlemen are going to be locked together in a cabin for about 72 hours. And this old crazy guy, Sep, has written a new album. He's, uh, he's a songwriter and he's a, you know, special thing about this guy is he, he writes all of his text in this very old, very specific dialect from that region that not everybody in Germany can understand. Actually, only very few people can understand it, which I think kind of makes it special. But whenever he breaks down the meaning of the songs to me in English, it's very satirical and it's witty, it's tongue-in-cheek, it's ironic, it's somber, it's well thought, it's very wise sometimes as well. So I really like it. What his technique is he takes, um, you know, famous songs that he loves from, I don't know, the Kinks or Bob Dylan or John Prine, for example. And we, we do like a, a rendition of the song as it is. 
and he sings the same melody, but he replaces all of the words with his own song. So he he plays the song, but he changes all the text to to make it his own, and he tells his own story. And it doesn't have to do anything with the original song. He just keeps, you know, just keeps the guitars and the and the melody and stuff. And it's a it's a cool idea. It's not his first record. It's he's probably done I don't know four or five like this. And uh, luckily this time I get to be a part of it, and I'm very excited to go stay in some beautiful cabin in the mountains. And I'm pretty sure I'm just getting paid in beer, but the beer there is like <laughs> it's like tears from heaven, baby. It's delicious. It's so good. So I'm happy to do that, and I get to ride down with a good friend and catch up with him. And, oh, man, that's going to be a wild, wild weekend. So, oh man, just just everything. You know, and now we're you know squeezing in the solo podcast in this week, too. I have to say I'm kind of proud of myself a little bit because I, you know, I think the hardest thing when you end a job is giving yourself, you know, a little, a little too much time maybe of like relaxing before you jump into something. And I think I'm lucky that this time I didn't even have that opportunity. You know, the job just ended and yes, we have vacation planned for later, you know, later in August. But, but right now it's like, it's like, no man, you got to jump on this ship or it's going to go away. You know, it's like you, the school just ended. Okay. Well, you know, tough titties, here you go. Here's a, here's a, here's a full day of orchestrating and planning these events. And tomorrow you got a big meeting you have to be ready for and don't be nervous and like, you know, keep your shit together. And then, you know, then you have to, um, you know, you have to be the protagonist of this other thing and like be cool and be entertaining and like try and do your best and then try and make it worthwhile for the person who's flying, flying over to do it, you know? And then, you know, at the end of this, you got to be a good musician again. You got to like be warmed up and you got to be ready to do it. And, you got to be able to perform when they need you to. And I'm kind of proud of myself for that. I mean, this sounds like a very braggy episode. And for those who know me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not braggy and I despise braggy, but I think it's just healthy to admit when you're kind of proud of, you know, what you can balance and what you've set up. And, um, I think if everything works out the way I want, that this could finally be like the next stage of something, you know, and if this, if this works out, then, you know, then I can actually never have to be worried about any concert dates, you know, too. I can really focus on like my own music again and can really spend every day on it and um, catch up on those last hours where I couldn't rehearse and I couldn't, um, I couldn't meet with people. And I was so scared about practicing at 10 o'clock at night because I'm getting up at 6 a.m. And yeah, my whole life is about to shift up about two more hours where I can finally like, I can sleep a little later and I can stay up a little later, and that's the way I prefer it. Um, so I'm really excited about how these things are going to change and what this week is going to mean and how much stuff it's going to be, how much work it's going to be, you know. But it's with good people, and I think that's the most important thing is working with good people, people that you really like. I mean, this project tomorrow is with my wife, and that's great, and this TV show is with Basti, who's one of my best friends, and that's great. And then this record at the end of the weekend is, you know, with people that I respect and like good friends and, you know, it's going to be a good time. And that's something I, I want to dedicate my life to doing just like this podcast, just like this podcast, you know, with, with Mo where he's in my band, we're really good friends. And this show means a lot to both of us. And 
you know, we don't even have that many listeners, but those who engage and those who write in and those who, who share this and stuff, it means everything to us. And it means a lot to me that I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can do this. And, um, yeah, hell yeah, you know, hell yeah, (laughs) this is, um, this, this could be the beginning of something really, really great. So speaking of the end of that school job, we, of course, had a bit of a celebration. We, so it ended on Friday and Friday, let me tell you, let me just tell you, Friday was so sweet. It was a short day and, you know, I was getting, you know, people were stopping in the hallway and and saying really nice things because they knew that I wasn't going to come back. And um, at the end of the day, I actually got a little tricked because they said that they said that there was another woman uh, leaving the school. But and she was leaving by choice. So they they had told us all in these big emails like, "Hey, everyone, get together at the end of the school day. We're gonna meet by the gate, and we're gonna give her a gift and a card, and everyone just be cool and like surprise her. It's gonna be nice." And I was like, "Oh, that's so nice. That's so cool. That's such a great. That's such a great thing." And because she's so sweet, and we we all met up, we pitched in some money, we signed a card, and then they were like, "Okay, okay, okay, it's time. Go, go, go. Everyone, go to the gate right now. Go, 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 go." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." And then we met to the front. And I'm standing on the side along with everyone. We're all clapping along and they, they give her this, you know, this card and they thank her publicly and they clap and they give her these gifts and they, she opens up this box and it's really funny. It's like, you know, whatever, alcohol and chocolates and stuff. And then they were like, oh, and Jordan. And, and I was completely surprised. It was so sweet. They put me in the spotlight and they had all the teachers in this big circle or this semicircle around us, uh, around me. And then they, you know, they said, okay, you know, we're going to miss you too. And they said some really nice stuff. And then they brought this gift out and oh my God. Okay. These people, they really know me. They really know me. Okay. Cause if you know me, you know that I love pizza. I'm a pizza freak. I'm a pizza fiend. I have a problem. Let's just go that far. I have a problem. I'm so into pizza. And these people, they really got me. They really understood me. What did they give me? They didn't give me something like, you know, a monthly ticket on the train. They didn't give me, you know, a water bottle for sport. They didn't give me, you know, they didn't give me a bag of coffee. You know what they gave me? They gave me pizza. They gave me not one, but two different delicious pizza location vouchers for right here in Munich. One of which is right down the street from me, and I love it. It's the best pizza in Munich. If you want to know what that one is, you're going to have to write me. I don't spread around my nonsense publicly. (laughs) The second one I have not been to yet, and I'm dying to go to. So they gave us, uh, I mean, I would say they gave us this because I'm obviously going to go with either a friend or my wife. But the um, they that's exactly what, what touches my soul. You know, that's exactly what I want. And to top it off, um, so for Germans, they gave me a, um, they gave me a Luftmatratze. And for English speakers, they gave me like a blow-up mattress. And it was, uh, it's like a floaty, you know, a big blow-up floaty for the pool that you can lay on. It's big. 
And guess what shape it's in. Ding, 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 ding. It's pizza. It's pizza. The shape of it. I can lay on pizza eating pizza. In a, in a pool that's shaped like a slice of pizza. Next to a house that is shaped like a pizza. Obviously missing a slice because it's funny. Okay? Under clouds of which I can look up and I can see shaped like pizza. And when it rains, guess what? Pepperonis falling down on me. That's, that's what they gave me. They gave me hope that that can be my life one day. So they gave me these two pizza vouchers and they gave me this <clears throat> big floaty shaped like pizza and I'm going to use it immediately. And they gave me um, very sweet notes, very sweet cards. They also gave me um, a huge sleeve of Snickers bars, which I think is great. <laughs> I'm going to get so fat. <laughs> um, they gave me a beer mug. They gave me um, like a tablecloth. Or maybe it's just a very thick napkin. I'm not totally sure. Um, very nice cards and letters. And uh, an, a, another lady at the school um, gave me like cookies and um, another card. And yeah, it was very, very sweet. And um, I packed everything to my to my bag. And um, and yeah, I was just so overwhelmed. And I thought that was such a nice surprise. And then, my friends, the afternoon really began because some of us were in the staff kitchen sipping on some white wine. And this was about one o'clock. It was great. We were sipping down some white wine, chatting it up, spilling the tea, giving the gossip, rattling and rambling. And then we packed all of our stuff up. And around two o'clock, me and some of the ladies went down to the market grabbed a few drinks, and then walked over to the big Chinese Tower beer garden that a few people will know about. Um, Nice place, um, beautiful tower in the middle and stuff, and good food. That's where all uh, all the staff members from that school go there, because it's not too far from that. And yeah, I think I was really taking it in there. I think I started off pretty easy and then I just kind of kept cranking up the volume a little bit. Um, For those who don't know what a mas is, a mas is one of those very stereotypically big glass beer mugs that holds one liter of beer and you better believe that I got several of those. (laughs) I think I had three of those and then people gave me like um, a hybrid which is just, you know, the normal small ones, like half a liter. Um, And I was drinking lots of water in between. I didn't want to play it dumb. I didn't want to fade out too quick. And um, people started fading out one by one. I think it was around like 7 o'clock at this point. Not too late, but we had been drinking for a while. A few people ducked out. Um, Some just came by with their kids to say hi and stuff. And some of the people were, were planning what to do. And then what do you know, someone came up to me and said, hey, why don't we go back to my place and we can have some pizza. And you better believe I was down for that. So a few of us drunk fools went over to a friend's house, a friend's apartment, and uh, ordered a bunch of jumbo-sized pizzas. Some of them were spicy. Some of them had cheesy crust. Some of them were just good old plain 
veggie pizzas. I love all pizza. And um, continued to drink a bit more there. We played a couple of games, put on a few videos, listened to some music. It was a good time. It's a very good time. Then I got very sleepy. Then I got tremendously sleepy. And it wasn't even late. I think it was like 10.30 or maybe it was 11 by this point. I think it was after 11. But that's so early. And I thought, oh man, I'm so old. But I don't know. I guess when you're drinking from, you know, 12.30 or 1. Yeah, that's 10 hours of drinking. Plus, you just had a bunch of heavy food with the bread and the cheese and stuff. I mean, some people don't have any issue with it. I know people who can, you know, I was at a birthday party recently where this 65-year-old woman or 63 or something was knocking back shots like a frat boy and would have kept partying until four in the morning. She said that she was at someone's wedding. I think it was like um, one of her niece's weddings or, or someone's wedding. I don't remember. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. She said it was for her 60th birthday. She's like, on my 60th, I partied until 7.30 in the morning. And I could not believe that. The last party, well, no, I don't know. The last party I stayed up for was, like, really, really partied for was uh, my sister-in-law's wedding. And that was until 6.30, which is totally fine, you know. Some people would say that's not worth bragging about. Some people would say that's really, 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 really late. Um... But, you know, for me, you know, it is what it is. It was, um, I can do either or. Honestly, these days, if I'm going to go to bed a little early from a party, I don't even care anymore. You know, my wife is very different. She is always someone who, if she's having a good time and uh, someone in her friend group, or especially if I say that I'd like to go, oh, it's just going to be a storm. It's just going to be a tornado of, oh, why? Why would you want to do this? Why would you want to ruin the party? Don't go yet. We're having so much fun. And I know it's coming from a good place. I'm not trying to rack on my wife here. And she's not even here to explain her her side because I, because it's it's all meant to be good. It's like, why go now? This is so much fun. But I don't even have it in me to fight for it. I'm like, you know, I want to go. I just want to go. I'm just, I'm just tired. You know, it is fun. It's nothing to do with the party. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just getting older and it's just, you know, I'm just sleepy. And honestly, maybe things are going to change now because most of the times these parties, if they're on like a weeknight, especially if they're on a Friday, then you have to imagine I've been awake since 530 in the morning sometimes because I started doing sport before school. So, you know, I'm, uh, you have to think, like, I've been up since 5.30, I, I exercised, then I went to the school, then was there until, like, 4.30 sometimes, and then you go home, you try and squeeze in a nap, and then they, you know, they want to meet somewhere at, like, 6 or 6.30, get, like, you know, some aperitifs, then go get dinner, then the dinner lasts three hours, because it's Europe, and then you finally go someplace else, and you're drinking, and then all of a sudden, it's midnight, and you're like, holy shit, man, I'm so tired, I'm so tired and the party's good and the people are good and everything but you know when you're so sleepy that it kind of sobers you up you know like there's there's like drunk sleepy where you're so drunk that you've become sleepy and then there's the reverse there's like there's people who are so sleepy that it sobers you up that's how I get I get so tired that I'm like snapped out of it and I'm like I need to go home I need to go home right now I just need to I really need to go home I don't I don't I don't feel like I can really make it anymore like I just really need to go you know like I just really want to get out of here you know I'm just tired I'm just I'm just tired you know I just really want to go to bed I mean I've been up since like 5 30 in the morning and then I exercise a lot and then I'm to the school and then I was at the school until like 4 30 and then you know it's like oh I just got like a little bit of nap after that but then they wanted to go to dinner they want to get like upper teeth or something around like 6 or 6 30 
required. And that's how it always happens, you know? It just depends on the event. It just depends on the party, you know? I think something that... Um, the, the 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 big difference is that it's never I'm never blaming the party if I want to go early. You know, some parties, okay, yes, some parties are less fun than others, of course, of course. And maybe my fatigue creeps in a little earlier than it would at a party where I'm having a lot of fun, of course. Because if there's little more little tiny moments of boredom, that's more often the time that you're going to look at your clock. And the more and more that you think about the clock, the more and more you realize how long you've been awake and the more and more that you just want to go to bed because you're so tired. But if it's a really fun party, then of course there's less chance for you to look at your clock and then you don't think about it as much. And then, oh, whoops, look at that, it's 3 a.m. But I remember when I was younger, I used to be so obsessed with staying up late. I used to be so obsessed with like, I really need to you know, push this party and like be up late and like really do it. But... I just don't care anymore. I think I'm really figuring out as I cross this threshold of 30 what I really care about. You know, really, I I like I just don't have any, you know, if someone doesn't like that I'm, if they're like, don't don't go early now, you're so old. I just go like, huh, guess so. Yeah. All right, see you later, fun. You know, like I just don't, ca- I just don't care anymore about it. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's the big difference because when you're younger, you care about everything, every party, every decision with every person, even every text message is like life or death at a certain age, you know? So when you get older, you just care a little bit less about that stuff because it's not as important. And the people, the friend groups, you know, you have these like external friends that when you're younger, you're like, oh, I should, you know, I got, I can't say anything to that person because I got to be really nice to them. And like, oh no, I just don't want them to think that I'm like a mean guy. And like, yeah, let's just invite him over to the house again because, you know, oh, he was so nice. You know, he brought me like, oh, he brought me some chocolate at work and like, he's just a cool guy. It's just, you know, I just don't get him yet. But like, you know, it means well and you know, I'll just invite him over and it's just such a drag. But actually now that you're older, it's kind of like, no, I'm not going to invite him. Are you serious? No, I don't care. No, I don't care. I don't care. He bums me out. Why would I invite him over? You know, and then someone you're talking to is like, oh, that's harsh. He means well. I'm like, well, it might sound harsh, but I don't care. I just don't care. You know, I don't care. That's how it is. Life is getting short now. Got to make it, I got to make it how I like it. I got to make it good for myself now, you know? I don't care. (laughs) Oh, man. I really gotta get uh I gotta really gotta take some new German classes. Uh that is something that I do care about. And yeah, now that uh my last one's ended, and then of course August in Europe is like goodbye. No one's around, everyone's on holiday. Then I think, you know, I looked up this new one in uh in Munich. Um you know, I think throughout Corona I've grown to like virtual classrooms more than real classrooms. Um, I mean, I do think that they should lower, they should maybe lower tuitions for certain schools and stuff that have changed over to virtual classrooms. But, and this one, I, and, and throughout Corona and stuff, like all my German classes switched over to Zooms and I ended up liking it more because I'm here in my bedroom. I can, you know, like, I don't know, I can wear stretchy pants and be barefoot and like have a beer or something. You know, it's, it's, it's easier for my brain to just like, I don't have to be on. I don't have to like, 
you know, shower, I can just like show up, answer my questions, read my, you know, passages and stuff, and then I'm good to go. And so I was looking at new virtual classrooms for the new classes and they won't start until the, almost the end of September, which I guess makes sense. You know, they have to plan everything ahead of time, but it's so expensive. It's crazy. Maybe I have to try and look at some different schools or maybe I have to look back into getting a one-on-one tutor. Often the case is that I have a few German friends who offer to do the one-on-one thing, but of course you're friends. So it's hard to like switch from hanging out to working together. It doesn't always work out so good, but um, maybe I have to try and find like a proper one-on-one tutor again. But then again, you know, I had this conversation not too long ago. I, I really like the small groups too, because it gives you a chance to take a breath. You know, I don't know if you ever feel this way whenever you're taking, um, whenever you're learning something online, but one-on-one, I feel like the pressure is really on and you have to like really focus the whole time. And this sounds ignorant, but if you think about it for one whole hour, like totally focusing on what, on, on what you're learning on, you know, like when someone else is asking you, only asking you questions the whole time and it's in another language and you're always thinking like, what's the proper form? And then, oh, you screwed up. You got to do that again, fix it again, say it again. Okay, cool. And then you have to ask the question back and then change something and like, yes, okay. You know, for some people, they would argue that that's a better way to do it because the pressure is more on and you're maybe you, because you're more embarrassed and because you're more nervous, it's better for you, for you to learn. It's more immersive or whatever. But I don't care what those people say because life is getting shorter and I'd like to go in classes that I enjoy because I think if I enjoy them, I'm going to learn more. So I decided uh, that I'd like to stay with a virtual classroom that has a few people in it. You know, maybe I think the classroom I'm looking at now has between six and 12 people and that would be good because um, what that does, the reason I like it is it allows you to momentarily have the pressure on you know, you don't know when they're going to call on you. Like, boop, you're on. Okay, <sighs> pressure's on. I got to get my stuff together. Okay, um, okay. She asked about this. So, like, is it like daddy or das, or is it uh, is it like den, dem arts des? Okay, so des, and then des something somethings with the s on the end because that's how genitive works. And then you do this, and then you ask the question. Okay, I think I can do this, and then you say it, and then if it's right, it's like okay, good. And then she moves on, or he moves on to the next next person. And if it's bad, then, you know, you, you allow yourself to go like, you know what, you know, so-and-so was just wrong like three times. So I can be wrong once. That's all right. That's fine. You know, you can compare yourself and you can have a little bit of competition, which I think is also healthy because in every class I've ever had, there's always been one person who was a little bit better than me. I mean, I'm not even saying I'm good. I'm just saying like in the classroom setting, I'm not bad because I'm really on, I'm really focused, you know, as much as I can be. So if someone's a little bit better, then I had this competition of like, okay, so Nadia got that one right. She even pronounced it really good. I'm going to write that one down. And then when it comes back around to me, I'm going to already conjugate the next one. Let's see. She was number one. So I'm going to be number two, three, four. I'm going to be number six. I'm going to take that sentence. Going to like, I'm going to nod my head. Like I'm totally listening to the problem that she's dealing on with uh, Sven over there. Uh-huh. You're right. He did say that. That's exactly how I would have said it too. Okay, he's a stupid idiot. He would I would never say that. Okay, number six, conjugate. Des bum. Okay, here she comes. And and Jordan. Ah, thank you for calling on me. I would say it like this. Oh, thank you. That's very good. All right, we're moving on. And I would be like, yes, take it, Nadia. Take it, Nadia. So that's why I like it. That's what I would do. And that's just, um, 
just the way I am, you know, it's just the way I am. It's just the way I like it. Um, I, I also wanted to, uh, touch on this, an episode of this great podcast that I have mentioned several times before. Mm. So Mo is probably going to roll his eyes when he listens and mixes this in a little while. But I love this podcast that I think my friend Bruno showed me called Reply All. It's a Gimlet podcast and it's um, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And, you know, they had this episode. um, I'm going to look at it really quick. I think it's called Lost Memories. Permanent Record. Permanent Record. It's number episode number 143. It came out uh oh, came out a year ago. Wow. They don't they haven't put out so many episodes in a while. Um but yes, three yeah. Yeah, 13 June last year. Anyway, so I was going back through their canon of episodes and I discovered this one. And I really, really connected with this episode. I really enjoyed it because it was talking about um, you know, people who don't know this show, it's really interesting. They they basically always have some form of an an issue or a question that prompts people to investigate things, um, and the and the situations are almost always dealing with problems with the internet. And I don't mean like why is my Wi-Fi not connecting to my iPhone? I mean like okay, why have I why am I having trouble searching for this? Really, uh, let's see what's a really good example. Um, I heard a really good episode where they um, had a one of these um, uh, crap. What do you call it? Um, when people call you and they pretend that your computer has a virus, so that you pay them money to get into your computer and then like solve the problem, and then it's like a oh, scam, a scam caller. So they had they had a whole thing about like a scam caller, and the dude recorded the conversation, and then he had he like you know, found out who the company was. And so he uses the internet to like discover who the scammers are. And it's really interesting. And he finds their names, he finds their faces, he scams them back. He goes to India to meet them. And it's like really, really engaging, very exciting, little dramatic, little intense, really funny. So I listened to this one permanent record and I found this to be a very, very personal episode and very engaging because I thought about how many things I must have uh, you know, sitting around the internet somewhere. Um, so the, the main chunk of the episodes of the episode follows these three or four people who have things online somewhere in the world that they would love to scrub. They would love to get rid of them. You know, some, uh, lady has this, uh, some poor lady has this article that she wrote. They got picked up by the Huffington post and it relayed, um, opinions and perspectives that she doesn't have anymore and she feels very embarrassed by it. She's received a lot of hate mail for what she's written and she wants to, you know, get rid of that and they just haven't responded to her. Um, another guy had an issue where he, you know, for for the reasons that are explained in the show, had to dress up like a clown, giving like this funny like, oh, oh oops, uh, look at me kind of face. And uh, next to it was uh, the title for his article with the clown was, you know, mispl- like it was placed at a certain angle where you couldn't read it. And instead, it looked like the title for his picture was, um, I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was for about like a pedophile that got busted. 
So uh, the person who had, you know, edited, edited the front page, he claims that he believes this by accident, but there's an interesting side story to that. But basically that, you know, his picture was connected with that title instead of his title, which would be something like, you know, comedy show Thursdays, you know, or whatever. Um, and I think there was, I don't want to, I guess I'm already saying too much about it, but anyway, there's a few very funny things about people who wish they could scrub things from their, from their lives. And then, um, yeah. And then I thought about like, do I have anything really embarrassing on the internet? I mean, I definitely have content like, I mean, but this isn't anything. I have like some, you know, funny videos I made in college or I have some songs that I don't like anymore. Probably some very embarrassing photos from the MySpace era. But I don't think I really have anything, you know, too embarrassing, like something I would be really ashamed of if someone that I know discovered it. If anything, nowadays, if you find something um, embarrassing or um, unflattering about yourself in the internet, I mean, nowadays it's kind of, you can almost enjoy it ironically. You know, if you post some ugly photo of yourself online or if you discover something dumb that you wrote, like some, some, you know, very emotional poem you wrote when you were like 13 or 14. I mean, it's not something that you love maybe, but you know, you can always find humor and you can always enjoy, you know, these memories. But I, I, you know, if you listen to the episode, you can totally understand why some of these people really don't want these things to be found. Um, yeah, and I just was thinking like, if I have anything really embarrassing, I guess maybe last week's episode, I don't know, but there's definitely a few things um, in general that I, I don't know. I can't really imagine that I have something so so bad that I'd want it deleted from the internet. The last part of that episode is really sweet because um, it talks about a guy who wants the exact opposite. He believes that all remains of, of people's lives on the internet, good or bad, can be treasured memories that we should always appreciate that we have because... Um, Unfortunately, he lost his 15-year-old son due to an illness, and he had spent the last few years like really, he calls it like scraping the bottom of the internet barrel to find every photo and video and sound bite and, you know, snippet, every little tiny little, you know, pixel that had anything to do with his son to, you know, admire him and, and reflect on him and to um, relive his memory. And um, that's a very, 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 very sad and very, very, very sweet tail end to that journey, just to give you some some perspective on it. So, um, yeah, I would check out that show and check out that episode. It's very, very well made. It's very highly produced. And I think it's a really well-respected show. And, um, yeah, I really hope um, maybe I can meet those guys one day. It's a very good show. Um, and I... Just for the last couple of minutes here, because we're going to top it off at the hour, um, I thought I could try looking at um, what could be, one second here, what could be like potentially a new segment that I would like to call uh, headlines. I think even, I think, I'm, I mean, this isn't anything new. I, I know Jay Leno had, uh, Jay Leno had uh, headlines, but... I'm going to look at a website that has some top news headlines. We're going to click on the most interesting one, and I'm going to react to it. So let's see. 
Oh, okay. I see here 11 Miami Marlins, a baseball team, have tested positive. Well, no surprise there, Florida. You're insane. This state has the best school system in America. Okay, let's see. Which school system? Massachusetts ranks number one, and New Mexico comes in last, dead last. I wouldn't have anticipated that New Mexico would be dead last, but I guess I don't know too much about them. After a school year disrupted by COVID-19, parents are more concerned than ever about their children's education. The coronavirus aside, how well public schools fare across America is often dictated by the funding they receive. Well, isn't that true? Yeah. So Massachusetts has number one. Um, oh, this is interesting. The largest vaccine trial yet. The largest vaccine trial yet gets underway. About 30,000 volunteers will receive shots in tests by Moderna for a coronavirus vaccine. Oh, that's interesting. Human testing. The early small-scale testing is over, and now the largest trial to date for a COVID-19 vaccine is underway. This one involves the vaccine made by Moderna, and the first of 30,000 volunteers in the U.S. will begin getting shots on Monday. Half will get the real thing, half a placebo, and researchers will then begin assessing how well it keeps people from contracting the coronavirus around the U.S. You know, what I really can't believe is I heard a, uh, I heard a statistic that 50% of the people in America will refuse the vaccine even if they made it tomorrow. Basically, like 50% of people just will refuse a vaccine. And it's not even like these absolutely insane anti-vax, uh, like the trend is like anti-vax moms, but like these anti-vax, these vaccination deniers or whatever, um, which is just such a level of stupid. I can't even begin to talk about it. But there's also a large group of people that believe the first rounds of vaccines will be, you know, under-tested or under-proven, like too rushed because people want it to be over already. And then maybe the long-term effects of it aren't totally hashed out, which is reasonable to think about that. And then also, of course, there's a large part of the African-American community who, um, you know, have long been used as guinea pigs in the past for um, disease control and abused. And, you know, they're afraid that maybe they're going to be pulled into pulled first into this, maybe the shots are going to have some disastrous effects and they're going to be the ones who are, you know, pushed first into this, you know, blind trial kind of. And, you know, that's also completely understandable. So it's very, very interesting to see what's going to, um, to see what's going to happen when they finally have this ready. And let's do one more. We we're over the hour now. Let's look at one more interesting title. Hold on. Two meteor showers, high profile jump. Boris Johnson, uh, who is saying they're anarchists? Monica Lewinsky, ah, uh, well, Walmart bans couple who are, well, you know what, I'm in Germany, and this is about America, let's take a little gander at today's final headline, Walmart bans couple who wore swastika masks, what, why, why? 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 Ugh. A couple who flaunted their swastika masks uh, at a Minnesota Walmart has been banned from Walmarts across the U.S. for at least a year. Yes, good. A video of the couple taken Saturday was posted to Facebook where it went viral. You can watch it here, but be warned it has graphic language in it. The woman can be heard arguing with onlookers who ask her to remove the mask. She and her companion were reportedly offered disposable masks, but they refused. 
<laughs> of course they did. They're, what? Of course they did. Police were called and upon the store's request issued trespass notices to the 59 and 64-year-olds. No charges were filed. Well, I believe that is just that's just going to do it for me. That's just going to take me over the edge. I'm already already exhausted just from reading that headline. So, I hope you had fun today and thanks for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed today's show, please go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Give us a share or a like or a rating or even just tell a friend that you like our show because for some for shows like this, uh, for shows like us, that goes a very long way. <laughs> uh, thank you so much and hope you enjoyed it. And Hopefully we'll be back next week, um, potentially with a guest, maybe my friend Ben, if we if it works out, and um, definitely with Mo, because we miss you, Mo. Mwah, we love you. All right, guys, have a great have a great week. Talk to you soon. Look out, baby, the saints are coming through, and it's all over now, baby Lou. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.